y'all. My name is Abby Wilson. I'm the Director of Guest Services at New Vision, and I'm so glad that you're with us today on our New Vision podcast. If you are new here, we are currently walking through the book of Psalms. We are reading a psalm a day and digging into them and learning more about them. Um, So I'm glad you're joining us today. If you you have been here for a while, you know what we're going to do. We're going to read scripture together, and I've got some notes for you, and, and then we'll be on our way. We like to keep this quick. That way, maybe you can listen to it um, on a drive somewhere, you can you can use it as part of your quiet time as you're reading scripture. Um, so I just hope that wherever you are, you are able um, just to listen, listen to the word of God and see just more about his truths as we read together. So today we are going to be in Psalm 44. We're going to read all of Psalm 44. It's 26 verses. And I am reading today out of the English Standard Version. So let's go ahead and jump in together. This psalm in my Bible is um, titled, Come to our help. So here we go, verse 1 of Psalm 44. O God, we have heard with our ears, our fathers have told us what deeds you performed in their days, in the days of old. You with your own hand drove out the nations, but them you planted. You afflicted the peoples, but them you set free. For not by their own sword did they win the land, nor by their own arm save them, but your right hand and your arm and the light of your face, for you delighted in them. You are my king, O God, ordain salvation for Jacob. Through you we push down our foes. Through your name we tread down those who rise up against us. For not in my own bow do I trust, nor can my own sword save me. But you have saved us from our foes and have put to shame those who hate us. In God we have boasted continually, and we will give thanks to your name forever. But you have rejected us and disgraced us and have not gone out with our armies. You have made us turn back from the foe, and those who hate us have gotten spoil. You have made us like sheep for slaughter and have scattered us among the nations. You have sold your people for a trifle, demanding no high price for them. You have made us taunt the taunt of our neighbors and the derision and scorn of those around us. You have made us a byword among the nations, a laughingstock among the peoples. All day long my disgrace is before me, and shame has covered my face at the sound of the taunter and reviler, at the sight of the enemy and the avenger. All this has come upon us, though we have not forgotten you, and we have not been false to your covenant. Our heart has not turned back, nor have our steps departed from your way. Yet you have broken us in the place of jackals and covered us with the shadow of death. If we had forgotten the name of our God or spread our hands to a foreign God, why would God dis- why not God discover this? For he knows the secrets of the heart. Yet for your sake we are killed all day long. We are regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. Awake, why are you sleeping, O Lord? Rouse yourself. Do not reject us forever. Why do you hide your face? Why do you forget our affliction and oppression? For our soul is bowed down to the dust. Our belly clings to the ground. Rise up. Come to our help. Redeem us for the sake of your steadfast love. This is the word of the Lord. And this, y'all, this is not an easy psalm. This does not have a pretty bow tied on it. There is not a happy ending at the end of verse 26. However, we are going to say that there is, and this is, this is what I want to talk to you about. So I looked up some help for these verses. There's a commentary that I use pretty often. You can find it on online, or I actually have the app and it's called Enduring Word. If you want to look it up, I think the website is EnduringWord.com. So you can check that out. So when I looked through that, I was looking through it. I noticed 
that they had this psalm um, broken down kind of into different sections. And actually, even in my Bible, there are breaks and, and they follow these sections. So I want to kind of break this down a little bit. So in the first three verses of chapter 44, we see God's victories for Israel in the days of old, in the days of Joshua. That's when they're referring to reminding God of what he's done. So that's what we see that that your own hand drove out the nations. Um, you set them free, not by our own sword, but but by your arm, your face. And the light of her face, you delighted in them. So we start out with a really strong note. We think, man, this is going to be great. We're, we're seeing what God has done. We're praising him for what he's done. That That's great. Um, and then we see in, in the next section, which is verses 4 through 8, this kind of confident prayer for for God's victories that are going to happen in, in the present circumstances. So the psalmist is saying, these are my present circumstances because of how you were in the past. I'm confidently praying that this is how you're going to be now, that that through you we push down our foes and you've saved us from our foes and have put those to shame who hate us. And so it, it actually ends in verse 8 by saying, in God we have boasted continually and we will give thanks to your name forever. And if the psalm ended there, we would go, man, that is so good. And we would look back to the psalm and we would quote it in times of despair. But that's not that's not where this psalm ends. We get to the next section, which is verses 9 through 16. This is the longest kind of section together that we see. And this is now Israel's defeat and crisis. And also how the psalmist is saying the Lord was involved in Israel's defeat and crisis. And so we see here things that starts out with, you have rejected us, you have disgraced us, you have made us turn back from the foe, and and those who hate us have kind of gotten gotten what was ours. You've made us like sheep for the slaughter. You've scattered us. You've made us the taunt of our of our neighbors all the lang- day long. My disgrace is before me. Shame has covered my face. So we kind of see these things that are saying the psalmist is saying, "Hey, we're in crisis here, and it's your fault." Um, in fact, verses ten through fourteen all start with "You have, you have made." You have made, you have sold, um, and and so saying, God, this is this is on you. This is what you have allowed to happen, and and so really, what what the psalmist proclaimed as as kind of prophesying these prayers in verses four through eight, this confident prayer and and how God was going to reign victorious over the present circumstances. Now the psalmist is saying. No, you're not reigning. In fact, there is destruction all around, and and it's because of you, God. You know, what's going on here? And so then we get into the next section of verses. This is verses 17 through 19. And the psalmist here is saying, Israel has been faithful. So, So what the psalmist says, in fact, verse 17 starts off with, all this has come upon us. So all these things that we just mentioned in the in the previous verses where the adversaries have just overtaken and are ruling over, all of this has come upon us. And though, however, we have not forgotten you and we have not been false to your covenants. Our hearts have not been turned back. Our, our steps have not departed from your ways. Yet you, that's what, that's what verse 19 says. Yet you have broken us in the place of jackals and covered us with the shadow of death. Very specific to verse 19, I saw a um, Charles Spurgeon quote, and this is what this is what Spurgeon says. So remember, keep in mind, this verse says, you have broken us in the place of jackals and covered us with the shadow of death. Spurgeon says, better to be broken by God than from God. 
better to be in the place of dragons or in this in this instance jackals better to be in the place of dragons than of deceivers and so that just made me wonder in 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 finding that quote and in in reference to this verse what we're going to see here in a minute in in just the very next section I think is really what's going to point back to this so that the next section of verses is verses 20 through 22 and and this is saying that Israel was obedient and yet the answer God's answer was still defeat and so what we see in in these is if we had we had forgotten the name if we had or if we if we had spread out our hands to another god god would have known this because god knows the heart and yet we haven't and yet still we are we're being killed we are again regarded as as sheep to the slaughter is what the psalmist says this is what i want to point out in verse 21 the psalmist says for he knows the secrets of the heart god knows the secrets of the heart. And so I'm just wondering if while the actions are showing praise to God, what are the hearts doing? While the actions are showing that they have made this commitment to God, that they have not turned away, as verse 18 says, our heart has not turned back, nor have our steps departed from your ways. And then verse 21 says, he knows the secrets of the heart. He knows what's going on the going in on the inside of each individual's heart, regardless of what the outside is doing. And so, while it might look like God has God has departed, and all of these punishments are coming onto the nation of Israel, it's God who actually knows what's going on inside of each individual, where their heart lies, where their loyalties lie. Are their loyalties lying with God? Are they remaining faithful and true and loyal to Him? Or have their hearts departed? I don't know if you've read much of the Old Testament, but it is, it is often clear that the Israelites go astray. And so I, I would venture to say that that is what is happening. While this psalmist is saying, look, we're, we're still doing what we're supposed to do, their hearts aren't with God. Their hearts weren't there. The last section of these verses is verses 23 through 26. And this is a plea or a prayer for help. Awake, awake, Lord, rouse yourself. Don't reject us. Why are you hiding your face? Why do you forget us? But then it ends verse 26. Rise up, come to our help. Redeem us for the sake of your steadfast love. And that is what I would cling to in this whole psalm, these 26 verses of, you know, especially that middle section of just what it, what looks like defeat and destruction. God is still steadfast. He still has a steadfast love and we can still be redeemed because of it. Because even if all of these things are happening which we knew that they did. These these things happened to the Israelites. But in your own life, even if there is destruction, even if there is turmoil, even if there is loneliness, even if there is heartbreak, even if there is addiction, God's steadfast love can still redeem you. Turn to him. Cry out to him. Read this verse. Read this psalm, these 26 verses. And read them from a first-person perspective. Put your name in here. Put God's name in here. Cry out to him. Let him be the one that you're crying out to. 
I'm not saying that it's not important to have community or counselors or, or, you know, people around you that can gather you up. And, and that's great if you're talking to them about this. But are you talking to God about it? Have you cried out to him and told him what's going on in your life? And not even outwardly, but inwardly, what's going on in your heart? Cry out to him and his steadfast love will redeem you. Let's pray. Dear Lord, thank you for this day. I pray that whoever is listening to this podcast, wherever, whenever, Lord, that your sovereignty would reign in their life, that their circumstances not be what define them, but your love be what define them. Let hearts turn to you. Let knees bow before you. Sitting open-handed, Lord, we give these things to you. We cry out to you and ask for you to save us. In Jesus' name, amen.